Welcome in to episode five of the Fourth and Winges podcast with your hosts Mark and Rob. Um, today we're going to do a draft recap from last weekend's NFL draft. We're going to talk about our, some of our favourite picks, some of our not so favourite picks, some teams that we think did well, some teams that we think um, balls did up, for want of a better phrase, and um, probably the Raiders. Um, and uh, <laughs> then we're going to. Um, switch to talk about fantasy and um, we're going to have a bigger segment today than we've had so far and that's mainly because our dynasty fantasy draft is coming up this weekend so what we're mm-hmm. going to do is we're going to share some of our kind of thoughts leading into that and share our positional rankings um, but unfortunately um, for those who listen to this it will be coming out after the draft so those in our league looking to um maybe get a steer on on some of this. It will happen afterwards. I think we wanted to do that, A, because we wanted just to chat through it ourselves, but but also it will be a good kind of um, reference point for later down the line. We can kind of look back and think (laughs) and and how bad we were and and all the rest of it. So that's kind of what Rob Bateman is rookie of the year, I think. (laughs) Um, And then um, I think, Rob, I think you've got a, um, a couple, if not... Um, whinges of the week at the end as well. One or two things to maybe <laughs> to have a chat about at the end, just as a bit of uh, fun at the end. Um, going to try and keep it nice and short and sweet this week as well. No two-hour podcast this week. So with that, um, I'll uh, I'll let you. Well, no, I suppose we should first of all talk about what happened pre-draft. We were obviously talking, Rob, um, in via WhatsApp or whatever, leading into the draft and. Yeah. And kind of the news and the rumblings were breaking about Aaron Rodgers and this potential um, position that he's putting himself and the team in where he, he seems to desperately want out now. And um, that obviously w- was was quite the buzz um, pre-draft because it made us think, oh, is literally Aaron Rodgers going to get traded during this draft? That's what I was hoping for. And it would have been, been amazing. Insane. Um, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? I mean, like you say, it's just absolutely fascinating. It's, I think we also had the discussion about it being one of our favourite nights of the year, Super Bowl aside. There's just something about it that just, it's exciting and it's different yeah. and so much stuff can happen. But yeah, the Rodgers thing was um, was incredible when it started coming out, what, an hour, an hour and a half before the draft. Uh, I know Coach had kind of called it um, about a week, week earlier, so shout yeah. out to Coach there. Um, yeah. and trying to figure out what the potential landing spots there were, all the, all the whispers that it was going to end up going to Denver. Um, which you could totally see. And I, I think then when uh, Denver, um, just to skip ahead a bit, when they took Patrick Satan, it was a bit, oh, A up. You know, the uh, the Packers could do with a bit of uh, support in the secondary here. I wonder if they're going to pick him and then um, trade him to Green Bay for the uh, for Aaron Rodgers. But just the intrigue and the drama. And I know Brett Favre's come out this week and said, from sort of knowing Aaron Rodgers, how he does, he doesn't expect him to return to the team. Um, which is fascinating. Um, Jordan Love might be getting thrust in a bit sooner than possible, but they really don't seem to want to let him go um, unless he retires and goes off to host Jeopardy or some things he's been (laughs) doing. Then, you know, that's, he's he's got options. He's he's not short of options, that man. And he's, once he gets an idea in his head, he's pretty, um, pretty set on it really. So, um, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think those are all the things I was thinking. I think at the end of the day, he holds the cards um, to, to a degree in that if he is prepared to walk away, then, then yeah, he, he, he does hold the cards there. 
I'm still of the opinion that he'll be playing for them next year, but I don't know whether that is out of um, the fact that I don't want him coming to the, the AFC West because, obviously, like you said, Denver was was a it was one that I think is the favourite for him to, to to be going to. And also, I think the Niners have inquired as well, hadn't they? But obviously, that ship yeah. has sailed now. But also, randomly, the Raiders were like third favourites, which. Uh, I, I I don't I don't really understand that. Again, is it because is that where he's from? Because he's a California lad, isn't he? But yeah, that's I'm where sure. San Francisco. Some of the San Francisco hype comes from. So, but obviously they don't even play there anymore. They're they're in Vegas now. So I di I really didn't get that. Um, I just think that you, but, if there's um, a player available and it's a bit crazy, you throw the Raiders in there because you, you've got Mark Davis <laughs> as the owner who you know takes after his dad and likes to likes to mix it up and likes to get a bit of publicity and everything you know john gruden's box office in there so yeah you imagine john gruden and aaron Rodgers working together it'd be quite exciting i suppose but um Manage, wouldn't it? well it would and let's face it the raiders don't really need the draft picks because they never do it with them anyway so <laughs> as well as given to green bay spoiler alert for later Sorry, <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, I thought it, it was crazy talk, and, and I was I was really thinking the way that it was leading in that that we were going to see him trading, and like you said, when they took Satan and then passed on a quarterback themselves. Yeah. Like, well, okay. Um, it, I'm thinking if if they've been in touch and something is actually penciled in, then they're going to have said we need cornerback or it's a quarterback. Surely it had to be one or the other. So for me, yeah. it was they either pick a quarterback or they pick a cornerback. If they picked a quarterback, I was thinking, well, it could still just be for Denver because they're desperate for a quarterback anyway. Um, but True. then when they went cornerback, I was like, yeah, something's definitely in the offing here. And then obviously nothing happened. But that's not to say, though, because I think we touched on it on the night that they, they again, post-June June the 1st or June the 2nd, whenever yeah. the league year starts, it's probably it's when... It's a much better time, isn't it? So, so if anything does happen, I think that's when it's going to... That's going to take place, but I am interested to see because I just think, from all I've heard about him, is that he, he's a stubborn son of a bitch, and I think if, yeah, he, if he really doesn't want to go back and he's prepared to retire, then I can see that happening. I mean, well, it'll be such a shame. It'll be such a shame for the NFL because oh, it would. Yeah. He's, he's 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 the best kind of quarterback that I have kind of seen drafted and come through. Do you know what I mean? Peyton Manning. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't. I wasn't really watching. The draft and the NFL when he came into the league. So in terms of, I remember watching the draft, him falling in the draft, him coming yeah. into the league, sitting behind Favre, all that kind of thing. So he's kind of really my era, and and for him to kind of drop out of the league, you know, now I think before his time would be sad. But you know, such such is the league sometimes. As long as it's not another one of these stories that we have to listen to all off-season, nothing ever happens to it. It's just something <laughs> else that's just been taking up space all summer. Yeah. A bit like the Mac Jones to the Niners chat that we had to listen to and everybody was slating it, slating it, slating it. Then, oh, wait a minute, they didn't actually pick him. Oh, that was yeah. a waste of time. Right. Oh, I could have used that as a whinge of the week. <laughs> I was going to say, that mean that the, the, the uh, Rogers to the... Uh, to the Broncos might end up becoming a whinge of the week later down the line. Well, yeah, sort of maybe in six months' time or something. <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was um, like I say the kind of the key thing going into the draft, and then obviously the draft started. We we watched, um, we both stayed up, didn't we, and watched the first round, and then that kind of killed me. I don't know about you, I couldn't. I had all the intentions in the world of doing round two as well, but it just it just didn't happen. So same Friday was an absolute write off for me. 
absolute write-off. I was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, do you want to um, kick off with the actual draft then and sort of say, talk about some of the either picks that you liked or the teams that you think did well and I'll kind of come back, um, you know, and we'll kind of go backwards and forwards a little bit on that front. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, th I think the one that stands out initially, I think if we start in the first round and we kind of we can move on through was what I was thinking. But I mean, the Chicago Bears, never thought I'd be uttering those words. But um, we were, you, again, you and I were texting. We were like, somebody needs to take Fields. For me, Fields is the arguably one of the, you know, the, the second or third best player in that draft, really. And when he was falling, we were just, you know, we couldn't. I think I said at one point, if the Panthers took JC Horn, I was going to go to bed. <laughs> and then they took JC Horn, and I kind of wish I had gone to bed, but um, never mind. And then obviously the Broncos it got to, and then the Eagles trading up ahead of um, uh, the Giants, uh, trading up ahead of the Giants with the Cowboys. Yeah. I think that might have helped, um, might have felt the Bears move up because in my mind, the Giants probably would have taken uh, Devonta Smith had he been there, and maybe the fact that he wasn't encouraged them to trade, but I mean. We've we've been talking all off season not on the podcast, but with with Girth about um, the Bears being sort of not too good, but just you know mediocre and yeah, and Dalton in to continue that mediocrity and never having a high enough draft pick to actually go ahead and get a quarterback. But I, I don't Ryan Pace, the GM, I, he's, he's been terrible recently. But fair play to him for for making that trade up. And yeah. quite frankly, I don't care what you give up there. I'm not bothered in the slightest. You, you're yeah. at twenty. You've got to go up to eleven. You've got to. Got a tech fields. He made the move, and you know that that's franchise altering for me. That you know them set up for the next fifteen years potentially. Yeah. And then in the second round, they added to that and they took Tevin Jenkins um, at tackle. So instantly, you've got your quarterback of the future. You've got his blindside protected. I just thought those those first two picks, absolutely awesome from a Bears point of view. Yeah. No, I totally agree. For me, for me, they I don't care what anybody says out there about you know ranking their drafts. If you've not got Chicago at the top of your draft, you've got it wrong, in my opinion, because yeah. you know they they were the one that obviously San Francisco did it before the draft. So you, you kind of I guess you could put them in the similar kind of boat. But for me, they give they gave away so much more. Um yeah. and yes, they had to go, they were going to three, but if in my mind, Justin Fields could quite easily turn out to be the best quarterback in this draft. I don't think he will, but he could. We, yeah. we know from what we've talked about before that just because we've we've had five quarterbacks go in the first round, none of them are destined. Doesn't mean they're any good. Exactly, doesn't mean they're any good. Doesn't mean to say they're going to come to anything. And just because Fields was the the fourth quarterback taken, doesn't mean to say he's going to be the fourth best at all. And and yeah. for what if you compare what the 49ers gave up to what the Bears gave up, the Bears was an absolute steal. Um, yeah, and, yeah. I think, and I think yes, yeah, so I think they did so so well. Um, just and if that was their only draft pick, I would have said they still had the best draft because, like you say, it's it's yeah. essentially franchise changing, um, you know. And we we like you mentioned before, um, obviously a friend of ours um, who's a Bears fan, and we're just chuffed to bits because we were. Know, I was I was grinning from ear to ear. I was so happy. I texted him at the time, just like, yeah, <laughs> you got your quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So, and I think sort of later on as well, they had a good draft. Um, looking further down the round, they picked up Khalil Herbert, a running back from Virginia Tech. Um, yeah. I know David Montgomery sort of finished the season hot last season, but behind him, what have you got? Um, Tariq Cohen, who I'm not really sold on. I don't think it's great. So, you know, a bit of value there uh, later on. They've got Daz Newsom out of North Carolina, another wide receiver, just to sort of yeah. add to after that depth. Um, they also took a guard in the fourth, I think, who I don't know a lot about. But again, it just seemed like they were 
adding the right pieces. And, you know, I think they'll start the season with Dalton on the centre, but then Fields will very quickly come in to take over and, uh, yeah. and manage it. And I think they've, they've set themselves up really nicely. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I, I totally agree. I think they, they, did, they did really, really well. Um, and and potentially, you know, you could be talking about, especially if things do happen with Rodgers, you could quite easily be talking about Chicago winning that division next year, uh, this year. You know, if if if, if Rodgers doesn't play for Green Bay, that they're their slam dunk for me. Um, it blows it wide open, doesn't it? Because yeah. I mean, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, I don't really know where they're at at the moment. They're just a bit. They don't really seem to be able to get going. Obviously, the Detroit Lions are in a full-on rebuild. Um, so yeah. It, it, Completely alters the outlook of, uh, of that that division. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, another, so my kind of like I said, Chicago definitely for me had the best draft. But if we're talking about outside of Chicago, I think we we talked on about it um, midweek, potentially or even during draft. That my 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 second team this year, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to be watching the Jets. I can't I yeah. can't wait I can't wait to see how they get on this year. They took um, three of my probably top. 10 players in this draft um, in, in quarterback, Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, wide receiver, Michael Carter at running back. Absolutely love all three of those players. And and then they took um, Elijah Vera Tucker as well. Uh, yeah, um, great pickup, just building on that offensive line. Yeah. He took Mackay Beckton last year, who um, yeah. he was in the Pro Bowl. And yeah, slotting Vera Tucker in as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I thought they did. They did really well, and it, and it's and again, you know, I don't know necessarily anything, but they're three. They're three of my favourite players, and so I'll be I'll be all over the Jets this year, hoping that they do well. And and um, also, um, the keen eye amongst people will notice that they didn't pick just one Michael Carter. They picked two Michael Carters. Who is helpfully known as Michael Carter the second, so uh, it works. <laughs> yeah, one uh, cornerback. I don't even know who he played for because I'd never heard of him. I'll be honest with uh, you, but. Um, but um, yeah, so um, just a word of warning, although it won't matter because it'll be too late, it'll be too late. But I hope nobody drafts Michael Carter the second thinking they're drafting Michael Carter. That's that's um, yeah, or maybe I do hope they do. I don't know, it'll be funny. Um, I kind of hope they do a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the um, was it round four they picked up Carter? I think, yeah, I think so. Uh, and I remember I think we were just texting, and then you you just fired me a text. I think I was making my lunch and just said. Oh my god, the New York Jets! So I was like, "What? What? What? <laughs> They've just taken Carter!" I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah, so no, definitely going to be one to watch." And I think, you know, that that division is quietly turning into a, a, a really interesting division because, yeah. You know, yeah, having previously been dominated by the Patriots and then the Bills looking like potentially they might run away with it going forward from last year, I think what what the Patriots did in in free agency, although I don't. I think it's I touched on it before. I don't think it's too wise to be spending that much money so quickly. But overall, I think they've you know they definitely got better. They've potentially got the next quarterback in Matt Jones, um, and then the Dolphins. Um, obviously, I've got so many picks, and they've done so well over the last kind of 12, 18 months, just generally building that team. That that I think again, it could be another really interesting division. Um, well, yeah, just go up to the Jets for a second as well. They uh, they took a uh, took a player in the. I think it was the, seven, uh, the sixth round. Um, you, you'll forgive me this, Mark. Um, Hamza Nasiral Dean, who uh, yeah. was at uh, Florida State, um, he was sort of one I was keeping an eye out for at safety. Uh, I think he could end up being a bit of a sleeper and a bit of a bit of a steal for them. Just from seeing him at Florida State, he was uh, he was very highly rated there and performed really well. So 
I'll be interested to see how his career sort of progresses. I, you know, I don't really know their their team, their roster that well. They did take a safety sort of higher up, uh, Jamie Sherwood as well. So yeah. um, you might not see the field too much, but I'll I'll be interested to see how he does adapt to the NFL. And yeah, Miami, like you just touched upon, um, adding Jalen Model in, you know, giving giving two of that um, additional support, um, and also um, taking uh, my top edge rusher Jalen Phillips. I really liked as well. Uh, Give them a bit more of a pass rush and improve on that side of the ball. So, yeah, that division I think is, uh, yeah, incredibly interesting because there's, yeah. yeah, I don't think I've, I mean the Bills will obviously be favourite, um, but yeah, it's open that one. It's definitely it definitely open. is, and I think the the other thing about you know everyone, any if anyone out there is expecting the Bills to be just as good next year, I would say just calm down there because we saw a massive leap with um, regards to their quarterback situation last year. God, the names just escaped me. I'm Josh me. Allen. Josh Allen. Um, so yeah, Josh the Allen. of the Allens. Only <laughs> the rail Josh Allen is. <laughs> um, so yeah, his accuracy seemed to 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 improve ridiculously yeah. yesterday, and and I believe that will regress even if it's slightly. So I don't expect them to be quite as good next year. We sort of saw a similar thing with Cam Newton in 2015, didn't we? Where he was, he was just on point and he was on fire, and then. Obviously, look at him now. You know, injuries obviously taking the toll, but he's he's nowhere near the player, and no. just a bit of a cautionary tale, yeah. Yeah, I just think again, he's just not the most accurate of quarterbacks. And although he did play really well last year, I think I think have they lost Cole Beasley potentially, or is it John Brown, one of those wide receivers? John, John Smoke Brown went to the uh, went to the Raiders, yeah. which I was actually a fan of. I've always liked John Brown. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I do expect them to regress a little bit. Um, so I, I, yeah, for me, that division again could be could be up for play. So I think you know, really good draft from the Jets. Um, and um, anything else um, good that you liked? Um, I, I loved uh, Cleveland taking JOK uh, <laughs> Jeremiah Uwusu Koromoa. Been practicing that all week. Uh, that was an absolute steal. Uh, looking at um, fifty-two. Um, obviously, in our exercise, we had him going 17 to the Raiders, or I had him going 17 to the Raiders. Um, you know, good coverage linebacker, exactly what Cleveland needed. I, I thought they could have possibly taken him in the in the first, but didn't they got help in the secondary? Greg Newsom, the second instead. Um, I think he's going to be a hell of a player. He'll be one that'll be, in terms of IDP, he'll be one that'll be high up on my board um, for the rookie draft. I think obviously linebackers are position you want to be aiming for a bit of a premium in terms yeah. of idp so I'd, i'll certainly be looking at him i thought that was, that was a great pick fields just you know he was an absolute steal um they were probably the ones that sort of stood out to me elijah moore what we've already covered with the jets again fantastic yeah. pick uh i know you've got a couple of sort of later round ones you want to talk about you want to mention those yeah so before we move on there's a couple just in the second round as well just very quickly so obviously my my top edge rusher um, Aziz Ojalari dropped to number 50 um, at the Giants. I mean, I mocked him to the Giants in the first round a few times. You know, I think yeah. so I've got the team right, but I've got the pick wrong. And so I think that's an absolute steal. I think there were some concerns there about his knees potentially or a knee that, that, yeah. that kind of sprung out not long, not not that soon before the draft. So I think that that's impacted him a little bit there. Christian Barmore as well dropped um, to New England. He's again somebody who, yeah. who, I, who I mocked to New England in the first round potentially. Um, or it certainly gave it thought at times there. So I think he, he was another great pick. Um, Samuel Cosme, we, I, you know, I like yeah, him. Yeah. Washington picked him up. I thought that was good. And and then sneaking in um, to the end of that round two was was my kind of quarterback five in this in this um, draft, Kyle Trask, because I'm 
I am a great believer that he could be he could be something given a bit of time. He's played something ridiculous like seventeen games um, at quarterback since um, since since like pre high school or something ridiculous like that. Um, you know, just he's gotten he's just no real exposure there, and and, and the one. The one season he gets in at start, the two seasons, sorry, he gets in as a starter. You know, he plays okay 2019 and then has a brilliant year in, in 2020. So, you know, I think potentially there, and that's Tampa Bay as well. So he's landed know, in the ideal spot there, hasn't he? Absolutely he has, ideal he has. spot. Um, you know, he, he will learn in theory behind Brady if Brady's prepared to uh, to do that. And, um, yeah, in a couple of years, he could have he could have you know a Super Bowl winning team at his mercy. You know, it's a really good spot. So I did like that. And then yeah, if we're talking a sort of a little bit later, um, there was um, a guy who I was I was kind of tweeting from the Fourth and Windy's podcast on draft night and and mentioned um, Milton Williams, the the interior defensive lineman um, from Louisiana Tech, I think. Louisiana he, Tech, Louisiana yeah. And um, who who Philadelphia took and. If you look at his, and again, obviously you don't scout through combine results or like workout results, but if you look at his stats, he's he's very similar in stature to Aaron Donald. And you look at his stats and he is more athletic than Aaron Donald and tested better than Aaron Donald. Now, again, I'm not saying that that's who he is, but interestingly, Aaron Donald didn't play for like a top, top team, did he? Did he play for Pitt, I think, Pittsburgh? Right, Tampa? okay. Um, so he wasn't sort of like a power power um, team or anything, and he and obviously he's become what he's become. And I think it, the potential's there for Milton Williams. I, I love him. Um, there's some tape, and he, he's, he's 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 a little bit smaller. He's like Donald. You know, he's Donald's not the ideal size. You wouldn't pick and build somebody like Aaron Donald to play interior defensive yeah. line. And, and Milton Williams looks very similar. And for me, yeah, somebody that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out. And then. And the other one in, in round three that I really liked was was Washington getting Diami Diami Brown. Um, I think he was potentially a second round receiver on my board, and and he went middle of round three, I think. Um, and I think what he he offers downfield, uh, particularly when when you've got Fitzmagic throwing you the ball, um, I think it could be you know because Terry McLaurin needed a bit of support in that offense, and I think he yeah. got the potential there to to really do that. Um, and then, like you said, round round day three, Michael Carter. We've already touched on um, another North Carolina. Naomi Brown was in North Carolina. We just love yeah. North Carolina. I think. Well, they, they were they were a really good offensive team last year, yeah. weren't they? You know, the, it happens kind of sometimes, doesn't it? You get a bunch of players from the same offense. Um, but then, so he was a really good pick, dropping to round um, round four. I couldn't believe that. And then another one out of that round, um, Jabril Cox, a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. LSU, um, who went to Dallas. So obviously Dallas took um, Mike Parsons and then Jabril Cox in round four. And potentially for me, that could be their starting linebacker um, I mean, at some point later this year because, you know, yeah. the two that they have um, at the moment. We've got Leighton um, Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith, haven't Jaylen they? Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch, yeah. You know, they haven't looked that good. Um, and I think... I think there's every possibility that Cox can get snaps this year at linebacker for definite. So, you know, I think he was 115 he went. So, you know, great, great pick. You've already touched on Khalil Herbert. And then a late round wide receiver. I think he was the second to last pick in the draft. Dax Milne out of um, uh, Zach Wilson's college. Uh, Brigham Young, BYU. 
Yeah, BYU. So Dax Milne was was Zach Wilson's um, number one wide receiver at BYU. Had an outstanding year this year, obviously, as did Zach Wilson. So uh, I was surprised that he dropped that far. I was expecting him to kind of go around four, round five. So I think, again, that was to Washington as well. So with Dax Milne and Diane Brown and Terry McLaurin, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Fitzmagic can do. Um, so they were some of my um, extra you know, picks that I liked. I like it. How about um, maybe the not so good, the dark side? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll rattle through this, shall we? With twenty five yeah, minutes in, we'll just do a, a few ones. I mean, let's not beat on the Raiders, but we'd be remiss not to mention um, <laughs> certain uh, pick at number seventeen overall, uh, Alex Leatherwood. Um, he could go on to be an absolutely amazing tackle. Um, we don't know, do we? Um, and there is a bit of a school of thought that if Mike Mayock was still doing the mock drafts, he'd have been further at the boards because Mike Mayock would have mentioned him. But uh, I'm not really buying it. We heard that when he when he took Cleveland Farrell number four in 2019, um, and he's not really amounted to much. What well, last year him taking Damon Arnett in the first round, um, I think what the Josh Jacobs pick, pick uh, has uh, panned out. That's worked out. Um, I think probably his best draft pick has been Max Crosby. Uh, I think it was in the, the third round. Maybe Hunter Renfro who was in the fifth a couple of years ago, but. Uh, Mayo's draft record isn't isn't great at the minute, so yeah, <laughs> let's not really beat up on them too much. Um, you and I were having a bit of a conversation about, um, especially given the drama that had gone on with Aaron Rodgers, we were sort of texting when they were on the clock about now let's play the game of let's not give Aaron Rodgers a wide receiver, and then they go away, go ahead and take uh, take Stokes at corner, um, which which was just again, I know. You know, a mock I gave them Caleb Farley, so they definitely need help at corner, but that, that felt like a reach to me. Massive. Um, a, a huge reach to me. So um wasn't wasn't really too impressed with that. In terms of other bad ones, every single team that passed on Justin Fields for me. Yeah. Uh, every single team that passed on Justin Fields. Um, yeah, I'll let you throw a few out there quickly. Yeah, no, absolutely. Justin Fields, the, the, the likes of Carolina and Denver who didn't take Justin Fields, they will. Even the Lions. <laughs> Even the Lions, yeah, yeah, potentially even the Lions. I mean, they just, yeah. I mean, yeah, just like we said, Justin Fields could be an absolute bust, but I'm not buying it. And I think um, I mean, he's going to be, he's not going to be worse in a couple of years than Sam Darnold or Terry, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. He just isn't. So unless Denver do go out and pull pull the Rogers trade off, I think they they should have should have taken Fields. Simple as that. Um, I totally agree on Eric Stokes. And also the other. Georgia quarter, uh, cornerback Tyson Campbell went at the beginning. You, you guys picked him, didn't you? I'm not a He's massive brilliant. fan. I'm, I'm not a massive not, fan. I'm joking. I'm joking. Campbell either. Um, I thought they were both picked way higher than they should have done those Georgia cornerbacks. Um, I didn't didn't like those picks. Apparently, um, we were taking calls on that pick, but we were absolutely zeroed in. Would not be moved. Wanted to take Tyson Campbell. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't get that. And the other one, just very quickly, that I wanted to throw out there was was the wide receiver that um, was he their first pick? Um, Seattle's wide receiver that they picked. Yeah, he was there. Oh, uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Dwayne Eskridge. Now, some people liked him. He did have a bit of a buzz. I had heard his name mentioned, and he was getting um, routinely kind of mocked in round two, round three. I I haven't seen it, and I kind of don't really see it. And He's very, 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 very fast, basically. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Again, let's wait and see. But for me, that was a, a massive reach. There were some way better um, wide receivers. But was it any worse than 
the LA Rams taking two to Atwell in the same round. Jesus, that guy is going to be useless. So I think I weigh um, more than two to Atwell, to be honest. But. Yeah, I think I do some turds that weigh more than him, to be honest. He's <laughs> absolutely tiny, isn't he? But um, yeah. And on that lovely note, um, oh, just one more actually. Just oh, uh, yeah, go, we'll, we'll give it two ahead. minutes. Um, the Texans. Um, <laughs> oh, what are they doing? Um, they, they had very few picks in that draft after getting shafted by Bill O'Brien. Uh, third round, they're there. There's some, still some good players on the board by my reckon at this point. Some good players that went later on, and they take Davis Mills out of Stanford. Um, I mean, I guess that tells you where their heads at with Deshaun Watson at the moment, but. Still such a reach. You know, you could be using that third to trade for for somebody for somebody later on. You could be stocking up to make it, you know, if you do bring somebody in, if you were to say bring in, I don't know, a Jimmy Garoppolo, or if you to, bring in Gardner Minshew, you know, do do something like that. Davis Mills for me isn't ready to start any time. I don't I could see him maybe being a backup, but that would be he's got Tom Savage written all over him for me as uh, Davis Mills, but yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I was absolutely flabbergasted by that move. I think because at the end of the day, like you said, he's potentially not even ready to, to play at all. Um, so, so I don't really see him even playing this year. And and given their roster and 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 the fact that they could be playing Tyrod Taylor at quarterback this year, they're going to be picking top five, top six this year, almost guaranteed. And yeah. so you're telling me that they're not going to take a quarterback in the top six next year. Absolutely nonsense. In which case, what was the point in the pick? It's just a wasted pick. Nonsense. To balance that out, I like them taking Brevin Jordan in the fifth. Um, he went a good week to Luke Farrell just before him. And um, I think we're, we're, he's, Luke Farrell's very much a blocking tight end. Uh, I'd have definitely had Brevin Jordan over, but I like them taking that. They'd have need a tight end. So yep. um, just to give them some credit there. <laughs> Absolutely. So... Um, so yeah, that kind of some some of our uh, takes on the draft. If anybody's listening and they and they have some other specific players um, draft picks that they you know want us to comment about going forward or anything like that, feel free to kind of get in touch via via either via Twitter or the email address. Um, and um, yeah, feel free to to do that. Um, and then we wanted to move on now to to the fantasy side of things, really. So we, as I mentioned before, touched on it. We've got our kind of fantasy um draft coming up this weekend so it's a rookie rookie draft we had our main so it's a startup fantasy football league which is a dynasty league that has in um idp as well individual defensive players as well as offensive players so we took we did our startup draft a, a few months ago so we've all kind of got a base squad of about 28 players i think it is um and now we're looking to to draft do the rookie draft this weekend so what I thought would be interesting is, and that's the reason why we're not going to be putting this um, podcast out straight away. It's because going to be we know absolutely everything and um, <laughs> everybody would have copied off us. How, yeah. how, how arrogant are we, Mark? How well, big are we? But hey, if, if it means I don't get stiffed in the first round, then I'm then I'm all up for doing that. So, I mean, so yeah, there's we no chance we'd... of me stiffing you because I don't have a first round pick. So. <laughs> we thought we'd, um, we'd kind of talk about... Um, yeah, the, the the fantasy side of it, and I, I'm I'm going to kind of put up on screen now my kind of positional rankings for those of you watching on YouTube, um, and we're we're just going to kind of have a have a quick chat through through these rankings really, and I'll talk on maybe why some some players are higher than maybe they got drafted in the real draft, um, some players that I don't even have on my board, that kind of thing, and we'll just kind of chat about that really. Um, that's what we thought we would kind of kind of do. 
So I'll just um, get, make that a bit bigger so you can see that. Is that looking all right on there? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so, um, a bit. Let me see if I can. Uh, how's that look? Beautiful. So, so for, from a quarterback point of view, I think the talk in our league certainly was um, everybody seemed to be wanting to get to the top of the draft originally for, for Trevor Lawrence. My, my view from a fantasy point of view is that I, I have Fields and Lance ahead of him purely from the point of view of what they can do in the run game. And and so I do have those those ahead of him. I have Zach Wilson, four, and Mac Jones, five. Fields, as I touched on before, once he gets on, and bearing in mind this is a dynasty league we're talking about, so it's not a redraft league. So we're not talking about, um, you know, just this season. We're, we're, we're predicting for the future. I have Justin Fields as my number one quarterback. Um, what, what, what do you sort of think about that, Rob? Um, yeah, uh, I'll be honest. I have Trevor Lawrence uh, as my number one quarterback, but that's um, that is massive home home bias there. So I wanted to work out. I think Lawrence's athleticism is somewhat underlooked. He's capable of leaving that pocket. He's capable of busting out some big runs. Um, I think you might see Maya sort of utilising some of that, some of the college concepts. You know, if the play isn't there, just taking off and using his athleticism. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't argue with Fields uh, number one. It'd be where I to be after a quarterback I, I, if I got either either I wouldn't be fussed um, as we've said before Trey Lance does scare me a little um, but yeah I think he, he is there just as you say just because of his athleticism I think also also the, the 49ers I think the, yes. what he's gonna, you know what the, the playbook that he's going to have and, and the way that Shannon and the, the support him. he'll have and yeah. the run game he'll have I mean the, the Niners loaded up on running backs we didn't touch on them in the draft but they, they took Trey Sermon who I really liked and they also took um, Elijah Mitchell in the six who I had as a bit of a, a bit of a sleeper that I was going to be looking to pick up but He's just going to be buried on that depth chart now. You've, you add him to Raheem Mostert, you've got Jermichael Hasty. you've got a very crowded running back room, but you've got loads of support there for the quarterback. Uh, I think if Lance can sit behind Garoppolo for a bit as well, maybe, and learn, I, I don't think that's yeah. I think that's quite a clever thing to keep Garoppolo yeah. on the books. So, yeah, I'd have Lance third, Fields fourth, Jones fifth. Yeah, um, not too dissimilar, really. Just, just yeah. Lance, maybe, from the... Just like I say, a bit scattergun and the limited sample size. Um, I'd probably I'd take Lawrence's. Um, having been through high school and played, you know, at top level, been through college, played at top level. I just trust more in sort of uh, what I've seen rather than what the potential is with Lance. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, and I, I get that. I, I think it's for me, it's just the it's the the potential and 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 it's the offense that he's going to be running that, that that sway me there. I totally agree with that. He could be he could be an absolute bust. He may not because I, I we've both talked about it. You know his accuracy concerns and things like that. Um, but I think the potential's there in that offense for him to be special. But you know, from certainly from a fantasy point of view, you know, oh, rushing touchdowns definitely. and the like. I think um, you don't need to be good to be a good quarterback to be good in fantasy. Just look no. at Jameis Winston the other year. He was yeah, terrible, absolutely. but he was top three in fantasy. Yeah. So um, moving on to running backs, I've um, I have I have changed these rankings. Well, pretty much all of these rankings have changed post draft because, and we touched on this before that, um, you know, the, the landing spot of the player does have an impact at the end of the day. And you'll see from my wide receiver ten, I think it is when we touch on them that um, he he was, um, you know, somebody that. 
that there would have been higher definitely earlier, but he's gone to the Ravens, for example. And I think that that's happened with all of the all of my positional rankings here. They've all been altered slightly from um, who they've who they've been picked by, and that's that's altered my running back um, rankings ever so slightly. Um, in that I now have Najee Harris number one purely because it is apparent that Pittsburgh consider the running back to be the problem, not the yeah. offensive line, and they're going to feed Najee Harris. And therefore, yeah, he's going to get all the opportunity in the world to just run the ball 20, 25 times. Yeah. Um, Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland are not taking any carries away no. from the J. Harris. No. So, so Harris is my number one running back. I then have Javante Williams, who is personally my favourite running back. But the position there in Denver, I mean, it's not it's not much worse. But I just think with the offense, if um, all around offense that they've got, you know, wide receivers and things like that, I don't think they'll be running it as much. I don't think the opportunities will necessarily be there as much. So he is my second running back. And then this is where people will probably freak out with my rankings. I have Carter ahead of Etienne because, again, I just I love Michael Carter, um, and I think in mine that- are identical, Mark, to that point. Oh, really? Absolutely, yeah. And the G. Harris, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, and then... Uh, yeah. And then Travis Etienne for... Big Trav. Um, and then, I, you know, there's a bunch of running backs that basically what I've done with all of these picks is obviously... Obviously, I do not think that um, Kenny Mwangu is the sixth best running back in, in this draft. I don't think that. But what I'm saying with my rankings is that I'm not interested in anybody else other than these six players. And therefore, you know, I'm not interested in getting a Khalil Herbert in round three or four or five because I'll be looking elsewhere at that point. So my kind of premier premium running backs are the top four in in these rankings, Harris, Williams, Carter, Etienne. And then I have Javian Hawkins, who's a bit of a sleeper, a mid-round pick potentially, who was at Louisville, who's gone to Atlanta. And it's not a great situation. For, you know, it's, it's, sorry, it's, it's a fairly favourable position. He's only got Mike Davis ahead of him on the depth chart for me. I too have yeah. Javian Hawkins very high on my board and I'm a little bit gutted to see him so high on your board, truth be told. <laughs> um, and then I'd um, say... I'm going to dig into uh, Kenny and Wango. Um, just from... Just interested to hear why you were taking when it, there's Delvin Cook there and also Alexander Mattison who uh, took quite a lot of carries last year. Yeah, again, yeah. I, he probably won't be somebody I draft. Um, maybe he'll end up being somebody that I potentially target as a, as an undrafted free agent if if other things you know happen or whatever. But but I've heard very good things about him in in that he is very similar to Dalvin Cook and Mattison because they two those two players are, are quite similar for me in the way that they they run and 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 I've heard things that they people are expecting and Wangu and Wangu to take that RB two position this season so right. um, it's yeah it's a bit of a bit of a flyer. Um, I watched a, watched a couple of tapes of him and thought, yeah, that that kid looks decent. So that's kind of why he snuck on there. But I, I certainly won't be drafting him. But he's he's on there to remind me to to kind of you know potentially give him a look in after the draft. Yeah, he's not even on my board. I, I took him totally off my board. That's, that's honest, the reason yeah, I, I didn't know about him going in to the draft. Um, it was after when I've been listening to podcasts and people reviewing things and that's when I became aware of him and, and looked into him during the week so that's kind of where he sprung from um anybody else the only two the only one that I would add there I think um Kenneth Gainwell who for the Delphi took in round five uh, I've got on my board um it's I think it's probably quite a good situation there I'm not overly sold on Miles Sanders being the solution um 
I, I, I know they've got Jalen Hurts there um, at quarterback at the minute, so it's maybe not going to be the greatest offense in the world. But I think I'd be tempted to take a bit of a flyer on Kenneth Gay, or potentially later on, just like I say, not really sold on some of the running backs they have already, and ju just a bit of a change. He's very good catching passes out of the backfield. You can see Jalen Hurts checking down quite a lot, so potentially picking up some some plays there was my thinking. Yeah, yeah, no, and, I, and I'm certainly aware of, of him, and, and and he was on my original list. I think again, what I've done with some of this is I've I, I know where I'm going in rounds one and rounds two. Right, um, okay. I want a running back in round one or round two. Simple as that. And he, for me, he doesn't come into that element, so I've kind of trimmed him out because, yeah, I'm not interested in a running back kind of rounds rounds three, four, five, probably. So yeah, okay. I mean, I'm thinking. thinking certainly those top four will be off the. Board very quickly. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so then on to wide receivers. You can see I've on for those what you know, kind of looking at the, the video here, we I've got a number of, of wide receivers here. Um fantasy seems to be that way, you know, you, you get your premium running backs, and then wide receivers is where you get your real value, um, really. And 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 so I've got a lot more on here than than maybe um you were expecting. Um so for me, the number one wide receiver not going to change, particularly given that he went to Cincinnati and Jamar Chase, best wide receiver since I think I said since Julio Jones the other week. You know, I I love him. Um think he's gonna be an absolute beast. Um then, then I have Jalen Waddle uh, at number two, who went to Miami, um, hooking back up with Tua. Scares me a little bit because of my fear of Tua and the fact that I think ultimately he'll 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 be a bust. But the relationships there, and also I think he can be a bit of a gadget player. He would probably return some punts potentially, get him in the jet sweeps, that kind of thing. So I imagine that Waddle will, will have a decent season. And then my love for Elijah Moore shines shines true. He's my number three wide receiver, um, and um, you know no no. No surprise there for anybody listening or, or to yourself um, there, Rob. I then have Rondell Moore at number four. And and I think this is a bit of a stretch, but but I, I love the potential of what Rondell Moore could be in Arizona. I think Definitely. maybe the Saints um, or even the Chiefs, I think it's a really good landing spot for him. Um, you know, you've got their head coach. Again, the names just escaped me. The, Where are you know, we? Arizona, oh, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. So obviously coming not too long out of college and just the college concepts potential there that, and the fact that he'll know very well what Rondale Moore can do. And I just think the potential's there um, outside of um, their main man. Uh, Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah, outside of Hopkins, there's not a lot going on at wide receiver, in my opinion. I think no, you know, Christian Kirk hasn't really worked yeah. out. Andy Isabella, who they drafted a few years ago, we, we're expecting bigger things of, and it's it's not really yeah. done. So yeah, I think he slots straight in at number two. I can see them giving him some carries out of the backfield as well. To be honest, they've got what uh, Chase Edmonds there and uh, James Connor, I think, at the moment. So I can certainly see him uh, playing some pretty funky. Uh, as long as he stays free of injury, that's that's yeah. my only concern with him. Um, then I've got Terrace Marshall, um, yeah. who we know I was high on going in, but he's gone I was a, so similar, Mark. I'm not even joking. It, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> so there's ever so slight variations, but yeah, by and large, very similar. Um, so Marshall scares me a little bit that he's going to Sam Darnold, but again, I'm thinking longer term here. Um, so so there's the potential there for him to to be really well. Someone who's shot up my board yes, really is same. Amon Rasent Brown. Didn't. He wasn't particularly high going in, but I think he's landed in a really favourable favourable spot. He's their number and, one wideout. 
Yeah, exactly. So I think you know the potential is real there. And same similarly with Josh Palmer, uh, the Chargers. I didn't know that much about him going in either, but but having watched some tape and and, and again feedback from people, you know, podcasts yeah. and stuff, I think he, he could be um you know the number two there potentially um, and i trust justin herbert i think you know yeah. herbert had a great season last season surprised both you and i we weren't particularly hard in remember last year chatting to you about no. um you know we, i think we thought um the charges of the second simmons at uh at five and uh, well they, they proved us wrong yeah no absolutely and this is the point isn't it you just don't know we call you, don't know, do you? you know you just no. don't know um so then yeah quickly to run through the rest i've got diami brown at washington who i touched on before then this is where i have Devonte smith as my number one nine wide receiver i'm just so scared of that situation as well as potentially the issue with his with his weight and stuff and people might say well you're being hypocritical hypocritical here mark because you're saying that it's more longer term and all that yes it is but it's too much there that scares me with Smith when you factor everything in, um, you know, that I just think he doesn't, yeah, he scares me a little bit. Then you have um, Bateman, who's landed in um, in Baltimore. And then there's a couple of players then that, that, that have kind of crept onto my board purely because, again, of where they've landed. So Cornell Powell has gone to gone to my Chiefs, and we are desperate for a number two wide receiver behind Hill. And obviously, Sammy Watkins is isn't going to be with us this year. Um, I'm not a massive Demarcus Robinson fan. Nicole Hardman has not done um, you know enough for me since since we took him a few years ago. So for me, if, if he comes in and plays well, Cornell Powell will be the number two wide receiver. And if you're going to be the number two wide receiver in the Chiefs, you need a look in. So I think you know, that's why he's on my board. Um, Fitzpatrick, um, it's the same. He could potentially be the number two wide receiver in, in Tennessee um, with Corey Davis having gone and then them losing their tight ends and things as well. I think there's potential targets there for Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah, Fitzpatrick, there's Fitzpatrick. And then Dax Milne, who I mentioned, before the BYU wide receiver who's gone to Washington and then Tillam Wallace. I do I do like him, but again he's in Baltimore, so he's just way too too further down. And then I've got a couple there that at the end that potentially from an undrafted free agent point of view, um Cade Johnson. He did go to Seattle and I thought he's he's quite a good um late round pick potentially. So. Yeah, I mean, I was a bit talking about the UDFAs that have gone to Seattle. I was a big fan of Tamori and Terry again, Florida State. Um, thought he's got some some really like quite different skill set. I was quite excited to see where he would end up. But the fact that he's gone to Seattle, the fact that they've taken Kay Johnson as well and they picked Dwayne Eskridge, um, yeah, he's maybe somebody that I'd, I'd look at during the season. But I, I don't yeah. think the opportunity is going to be there for him. No, just absolutely. Go back to he, he, could, he could very well end up being somebody like you said that you keep an eye on. You pick up mid mid season because he actually turns out to be the better of of the two or three that they end up taking. Yeah. Every chance. Uh, just go back to Elijah Moore. I mean, you know, you know, I love him as well, and I'm a massive fan. The only thing that just doesn't scare me, and obviously, like we said, this is a longer term view. But they picked up Corey Davis. They've got um um. Denzel Mims as well. They've got Jamison Crowder. They've got, um, you know, they've got probably a top three there. I mean, I, I'm assuming that Moore's talent will slide, uh, will shine through, and he'll be, you know, he'll emerge in the slot for them, and he'll get a lot of targets. But that's the only downside on that. But yes, yeah, certainly in the longer term, he's. he's yeah, I mean, my awesome. view there, I, I I totally understand what you're saying. I, my view there is that is that Davis, Davis and Mims are your outside 
outside receivers. And I think yeah. although potentially more would probably like to, to be an all-rounder, and people have certainly said that they think he could potentially play outside, he's destined for the slot early doors at least. And I think there's, there's an opportunity definitely there for him. And again, it's longer term, like you say. And, you know, will Mims get a second contract? Who knows? There's all sorts of things there. And again, I'm just kind of a bit in love with him, to be fair. So he was always going to be top three. <laughs> Anybody that I haven't got on in my wide receivers that you have? Um, I think, like I say, I'm, I, this seems like I've done absolutely nothing for this. But um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Anthony Schwartz, I thought was interesting. He went to Cleveland in the third round. They're not exactly blessed with wide receivers. So uh, he's on my board, not particularly high up my board, but he's on there. Um, he's, a, he's a speedster, he's a bit of a deep threat, uh, not that Baker tends to thought he'd do that often, but um, I think we touched upon it in the uh, in the mock pod, they've got uh, Jarvis Landry, they've got Beckham coming back off an injury, and then outside of that you've got um, like Rashad Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, nobody that really fills you with any sort of, um, yep. you, you know, I don't think they're going to be amazing, so I think there's a possibility that, you know, Tekken Schwartz, especially in the third, taking him quite high there, I think he could carve out a role. Uh, certainly in future, so he, he might be one I'll, I'll take a bit of a flyer on in the later rounds, potentially. Yep. Cool. So moving on to tight end, I think this is interesting, and this is probably where there'll be most of the variance, I think, in terms of offense, because I, I have a very limited number on my board. I think I've just got four four tight ends here. I'm no surprise, surprise Kyle, Kyle Pitts, number one, of course. We don't to talk about it. I'm not going to get him in the draft. I pick at number six for those of you listening. And Rob, you you originally picked. Was I was originally six? picking at five. I traded up to two, and then Tom went ahead of me, and he's definitely taken Kyle Pitts number one. So if anybody now, well, it'll be too late by this point. But Kyle Pitts is going number one to uh, Tom's <laughs> team. So um, I, I've made peace with that, which is why I then traded back out and picked up some uh, quite a lot, well, a significant number of firsts next year. So yeah. Um, so Pitts will be gone by both of us, so it's kind of irrelevant in being on the board, really. But then then I have uh, Pat Frymuth as the, the only other tight end that I'm willing to take semi-early. Um, I'm not interested in anybody else um, other than Frymuth, and I probably won't be taking him um, until round three, round four, if he falls there, which I don't expect him to. And I do have somewhat of a need at tight end, so I'm, I'm kind of miffed that, there isn't more talent in this draft, to be honest. But um, Austin Hooper's available if you want him. <laughs> um, so, so I kind of have Pitts and Frymuth there at the top, and then I've got a couple of other players. And again, one here, Noah Gray, Kansas City. I, I didn't know too much about him. I was aware of him, but I didn't watch that much tape going into the draft. I've watched some stuff since. And I think there's definitely a skill set there. Obviously, he's going to be be behind um, Travis Kelsey, but we've touched on this before, if not on the pod, certainly when we've been chatting before, that that, that Kelsey isn't going to be around forever as much as yeah. it hurts me to say that. We need to start thinking about a replacement. And, and Noah Gray has something of the skill set that, that Kelsey has. He's not as big. You know, he's potentially not quite as fast, but he, he's, his route running looks pretty decent and and i think he's certainly a willing blocker he's not the best blocker in the world but he's willing to he sticks his head in there all the time so i think you know if he can improve that side of his game and become a true kind of dual threat tight end i think there's potential there for him then kenny yaboa is an interesting one for me who who i expected to get drafted who didn't yeah. he was going to the jets as a as an undrafted free agent 
Um, and again, their tight end room doesn't look great. So there's potential. Uh, Chris Herndon, haven't they? Yeah, so real potential that he could latch on there. Um, so again, oh, great in the Ebola of people that I'll, I'll be looking um, to potentially target late in the draft, um, rounds oh. five, round six, potentially. And then there was an interesting player, Miller Forrestall, who was the Alabama tight end that, um, again, went to Tennessee. They don't have any decent tight ends really now, having let the, their top two tight ends go um, in the offseason. So I just thought purely from the point of view of, of of playing time there that he somebody to just keep an eye on uh yeah apologies talking over you there um my uh, i was just yeah you both was an interesting one i too thought he would get drafted and he didn't i can say don't this call this a bit of a prognostication if you will but i can see zach Ertz ending up on the jets this year i don't know why but it just feels right to me it feels like they will trade for a veteran and they'll get zach Ertz in there to bolster it but um yeah before i was quite high on him i'd have him on board um one that I do have on that um, I'd, I'd mentioned to you probably a couple of months ago now and, and you hadn't heard of him was Trey McKitty. Um, yep. He was initially at Florida State. He transferred to Georgia. Um, I was very high on him. I, I wasn't, if I'm honest, expecting him to get drafted or I was expecting him to be late around and the uh, Chargers picked him up in the third. Uh, and they, they have um, you know a need at tight end as well. So he's one that I'm probably going to take quite early and probably yeah. earlier than I need to just because I, you know, I really rate him and I liked him a couple of months out. I was hoping I could just pick him up right at the end of the draft, but I don't really want to take that chance now. I'm pleased to see he's not on your board at least, but um, no, he's, if he's, it comes to ADP and if somebody looks and goes, oh, this team took a tight, I've never heard of him, but they yeah. took him the third, he must be good. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to guard against that. So I'm probably going to take him quite early just because I, he might amount to nothing, but I just want him to be sat yeah. on my taxi squad just so he's there so he'd be another one that i would take it's interesting isn't it because like you say the worst thing that could happen is is you're, you're somebody who you know you you find a guy you think oh my god i love him and then you for whatever reason don't end up taking him and then he becomes what you kind of were thinking he would and, yeah. and you didn't take advantage of that so i totally get that so i don't care if i end up taking him i, I don't know i pick at, at 21st i probably won't take him there but if i did i'd, I'd be okay with that because I want him. And if he doesn't pan out, yeah, yeah. he doesn't pan out. But yeah. that's yeah. that's kind of fine. I did once fall in love with um, oh, Amir Abdullah. I was very high on Amir Abdullah coming out of college and he amounted to absolutely nothing. So, yeah, so was I. He had a good, really good rookie season from what I remember. And then, and then because he, yeah. he was getting fed the ball all the time, I think. And then, just yeah, he kind of faded away, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I think is he stuck in the Minnesota back room now. He I was think. in Minnesota, yeah. They, um, yeah. And so then, so that's kind of all the skill positions. And then obviously we, as I said, we, we do an, an IDP league. So we, we do have defensive players. Now, my board is very limited on defensive players. One, because they're so hard to predict and especially yeah. as rookies. Um, but also um, there'll be a focus from the people in our league, I think, more towards offensive players than defensive players. So there's like the likelihood is that the not as many defensive players are going to get drafted, which is why I only have a couple of DBs and a couple of um, defensive linemen on my list. Um, and then I've got about five or six linebackers. So no surprise that I've got Ojolari as my top um, top edge player in you know defensive lineman. And I've also got Quiddy Pay on there. Um, I wasn't particularly high but i think he's gone to a really good position and he's going to see the field early um so if he does if he does play well there's the potential there for him to be um you know to be in a really good position 
Um, so those are the only two on my board. Um, Jalen Phillips I was going to put on, but realistically, again, I'm just worried about the injury and I'm probably not going to pick um, a defensive lineman in the draft realistically anyway, unless Ojolari is still there in round four, five, six, maybe, because um, that's probably where I'm going to start looking outside of linebacker. I probably won't look for a defensive lineman or a DB before round four. So, um, so yeah, that, I'm, that I'm very similar, Mark, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to take them, to be honest. I think, yeah, as we said earlier, linebacker is probably the premium position. Yeah. Um, as you know, I'm higher on Jalen Phillips. I agree his injuries are a concern. I'd, I'd possibly take him around five or six, um, depending who else is available. Uh, linebacker-wise, uh, JOK is my number one linebacker, followed by Zayvon Collins, followed by Michael Parsons. Um, but it's fairly interchangeable. Uh, to be honest, and yeah, DBI too. Have Andre Cisco top um, just from some of his highlights that I've seen. I mean, I think he's feast or famine really. Yeah, he got a lot of interceptions, but also he let a, you know he let a lot of people through. So it just depends on uh, how Mar he makes a step up. He's Marcus Peters at the sa at the safety position for me. He, he, right. He, yeah. Okay. He's gonna give you picks. He's gonna get picks. And, and yeah. from a DB perspective. You know that's what you need. You need the splash players. Absolutely. You don't get hurt in fantasy if he gives up three touchdowns in a game. It doesn't makes, matter, does it? He makes three picks in a game. He, you know he's he's stellar. This is why we've we've said before it's pointless having the number one corner in the in the yeah in the league from a fantasy point of view because he's not going to get thrown at. Cisco can sit back there and give away all the plays he wants as long as he makes a couple of picks. I'm I'm happy. So that's yeah. That's totally agree. And then from a linebacker point of view, I think we touched on it in our mock that I wasn't particularly high with Nick, high on Nick Bolton. And then obviously the Chiefs picked him. Um, and um, I think, I, you know, I'm not going to go back on my word. I don't think he is the most talented linebacker in this class by any means. However, he is by far the best linebacker in our squad. Um, and so he's going to see the field from day one. And he could be an absolute monster from a from a fantasy point of view because he's going to play, he's going to get tackles. Um, you know, I expect him to play early and play well in that defense. So that's why he's made the made the ball board. So I have Parsons, Collins, Bolton, um, Jamin Davis, JOK, and then Jabril Cox touched on him before. I like him, LSU um, linebacker that's gone to Dallas. So that's kind of yeah, what my defensive players look like. Yeah, very similar all in all, though, to be honest. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of um, that's kind of what it looks like. So it'd be interesting to um, to see how many how many of these um, you know end up end up on our teams um, after um, after we the can week. We do that next week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a case of reviewing it next week, isn't it? We'll we'll, we'll probably do that next week. Um, I don't think there'll be too much in the way of NFL news um, next week ahead of um, ahead of the release schedule. That's kind of the next big thing, I guess, that we'll be talking about in a couple of weeks. Maybe um, we'll, we can review the the NFL schedule when that comes out. Um, I think it's the twelfth of May. Is that right? Um, yeah, it's week, isn't it? So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that kind of rolls up that term section. Did you want to do you want to do your winch of the week? Uh, pick one of your four or five. One more draft nugget. Uh, oh, that von, von Rosenberg, the uh, millionaire punter that I mentioned on the uh, couple of weeks ago, he has signed as an undrafted free agent with Minnesota. He'll be competing with Britton Colquitt for the starting job. So uh, 
watch out for punter battles at the Vikings. Let's see who emerges on top. <laughs> Tune in in pre-season for that battle. Punter club. That's not going to be a new feature. We'll be uh, we'll be marking that battle out week by week by week. It's one everybody's keen on. Uh, whinge of the week. I, I did have many, many, many whinges. Um, I've already so I've touched upon one. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to get them both out there. We'll wrap up because we've just gone over an hour and we said this would be a short one. And we, we never do that. Uh, no. so very quickly, first wind of the week, uh, there was a rule change to that, um, basically to relax the, the numbers that players can wear on their jerseys. So um, read into it, if you will. I'm not going to go into all the detail on it. But the amount of hand wringing and Tom Brady coming out going, how do I know who's, who I'm meant to be blocking? I'm not going to know who's coming. You're a, you're a professional footballer professional quarterback they're going to be the ones that are running at you don't look at the number on the shirt just get on with it stop trying to make excuses up so that wound me up so i'm going to whinge about that and then the other one was um mark has actually told me that roger goodell pronounces one correctly um pre-show but i'm going to go with it anyway because um it, it wound me up um Roger Goodell and his pronunciation of certain players' names, who did it uh, when Marcus Mariotta got drafted and he called him Marcus Mariotto. There were numerous <laughs> examples in this draft, but uh, Travis Etienne remind, um, annoyed me. That makes it sound like his last name is the letter E, the letter T, and the letter N. It isn't. <laughs> Think of the place in France, San Etienne. That's how it should be pronounced. Apparently, Travis Etienne pronounces it Etienne. He's also an idiot. End of whinge. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, outside of the ETN thing, I, I do get what you're saying about um, Goodell. He, he does tend to um, get things a little bit weird when he. I don't think he got Tua's name right um, when he when he draft when they drafted him last year. Tua, Tua, Tonga Bailoa. Nice, nice. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he he, he messed that up, um, and he, yeah, he often does it. So so I totally get that outside of the ETN. Um, <laughs> And um, you should just, when you get your Clemson jersey, you should just get ETN on the back. Maybe. Yes, it'll save me some money. On your Jags jersey, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and yeah, and, and the, with regards to the numbers, I get it. I mean, the people, they seem to have a, well, I'm going to be, I suppose I'm being a little bit hypocritical here myself because when I played, when I played sort of Sunday league football, um, you know, people said, just, it's one to 11, just crack on with it. And you get it given... Is. You get given 11 and I'm like, I don't want to wear number 11. It's like, why? It's just a number. You don't even see it. What's the problem? And I, I'd kick up a fuss playing playing up front and I, I wasn't prepared to wear the number 10 jersey or the number nine. I wanted the number five to play up front um, because of Mil Milan Barros, my favourite Liverpool player. Um, yes. It, it, so I, I get the number thing, to be fair, and I I probably be would be with Brady whinging about it. Um, so I'm going to stick up for him there. First time I've ever stuck what? up with Tom Brady. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, as you said, we've already gone over an hour, having said we were going to limit this to 45 minutes, so we will call it a day there. Um, I mean, it was all gold, though. All gold. Man. Absolutely gold. Excellent and for those, work, for those people in our fantasy draft, look who you should have picked. Oh, shocking. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Gerth, what were you thinking? What were, you, what were you thinking dra drafting uh, Leatherwood in the first round? <laughs> a little John. I think Adam <laughs> Sorry, Gerth. Um, anyway, with that fourth down conversion, we will call it a day here and we will see you next time on the Fourth and Winges podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.